0: Hi everyone, I'm Riley Blanks, your hostess and the creator of Woke Beauty, a storytelling platform reimagining the everyday act of self-celebration for and by all women. This show brings you unfiltered conversations with a dynamic myriad of female visionaries who have developed personal success despite trauma and hardship by leaning into grit and discernment. We explore the messy, interwoven realities of mental health, holistic wellness, intricate family dynamics, racial complexity, and the exceptional discoveries that lead to fulfillment. This is our pledge to the power of resilience and the impact of perspective. Born in Los Angeles, but raised in a suburb of Detroit, April Kaganish began calling Austin home in 2008. Her background is in fine art and graphic design, but she knew that her real passion would lead to a career in hair. At 26 years old, April put herself through cosmetology school and graduated from Avenue 5 Institute, a vital Sassoon partner school. April considers herself a texture specialist, meaning she can work with an array of hair types, from very straight to extremely curly, and particularly loves bailage, color corrections, and creating new shapes for anyone that sits in her chair. One of her clients coined her the curl whisperer, and it has certainly stuck. You you oh, you pressed. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I have pressed record. <laughs> Okay. April Kaganish. What's up, Riley Blanks? What up? I'm so happy you're here and we're finally doing this. And I've been wanting to do this for a really long time, but I wanted to wait until the time was perfect, which there's no such thing. But it feels <laughs> like the right moment. And I'm so glad you were available and willing to make space for this because I know your life is crazy and busy and you just got engaged. Yeah.
1: Oh, you know, it's really funny. Like for a minute, I thought we were doing a test recording and I was like, oh, wait, wait a minute. This is a real thing. This is um, live. Oh, yes. I did just get engaged. It's awesome and exciting and fun to think about how expensive everything is, but Hey, you know, it's being a grownup, but yeah, I'm really happy to be here and I feel super honored to have
0: you have me on your show. thank you it's so mutual yeah um okay well we're gonna dive right in with the only question that i actually wrote down because (laughs) the only one that matters (laughs) i wanted this to be super random and organic okay my very first question for you i feel like there should be like music i know maybe i will insert music (laughs) down the line um hold on there's something strange that's getting ready to happen i'm gonna quickly stop this and we're back that was weird and random Jack and I did a test recording where he did um, some promos for <laughs> Whiz Cheese, Cheese Whiz, Jesus. Cheese Whiz. <laughs> it, Wiz was really cheese. Um, it was really unsuccessful, but it was also really funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my first question with a business: Do you consider yourself a business or a brand? Um, I would, I would say
1: business. Okay, you know, a little bit, but well, yeah. Can we say like?
0: business. Bri- yeah, I was like how do I hybrid that Bri- uh, uh, Brisand business?
1: No,
0: okay, let's go with business cuz it's kind of like brisket. Yeah, I too. like that. Yeah. Okay. With a business as successful as yours, <laughs> I imagine it's hard to find areas of growth. How do you analyze yourself and your business? And <laughs> <laughs> where do you currently seed, see, not seed, seed needs for growth? <laughs> I like how that goes. Seed, seed. Um, so I'm
1: one of those people that's a little bit psycho as far as every single thing that I do, I'm always looking at it after what can I do better? And so I'm constantly analyzing my business every day. <laughs> um, at the end of the day, I think about how people reacted to what we did with their looks. Um, I also like to compare the photos that I take because I do a lot of before and afters just so people can see the huge difference from when they first came in until when they leave. But I always look at the photos and think to myself, did we get close enough to their inspiration photo? You know, was I really clear with their expectations? Do we have them set up on a plan? And I'm always thinking You know, whenever I look at things and it's maybe not as perfect as I want it, I'm like, okay, I need to take this class. So I kind of make a plan for myself based on analyzing the day-to-day behind the chair. Um, It's definitely the reason why I'm a hairstylist because there's always room for improvement and growth. I mean, the industry is constantly changing. There's new techniques, you know, someone's doing like pixel hair and I'm like, do I really want to mess with that or do I, what is pixel hair? Oh my gosh. It's kind of crazy. So, you know, like looking at a video game, that's like, would it be 16 bit or I don't remember. Like, you know, the, when things look pixelated. Yes. So you're, you're making that look on hair and it's in a random spots. Usually. Yeah. It's not, I really... didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. It was for like five seconds. That's why I was like, glad I didn't take a class. Don't worry <laughs> about that. But, um, just stuff like that. I'm always trying to keep up on trends and, you know, at the, but at the same time, maintaining my own style that I show. So I'm constantly looking at what classes can I take to stay on trends? Like, are there classes that push my creative boundaries and force me to think outside of the box to maybe become one of those people that is creating the trend one day. So that is really my goal is to eventually one day have something that I am known for, like, Right now, people call me the Curl Whisperer, super flattering, love it, super cute. Um, and it's an amazing title to have, especially in Austin with, you know, there are curly hairstylists here, but I feel like being called that sets me apart from some people. But I want to eventually be like, oh, you know, April started that that color trend or like this for curls. And so really my focus is looking at what I'm doing and trying to figure out, how do I become that? How do I do that? And I think that's going to be through more education and starting to travel and actually going to other places and looking at how they're doing here and compare it to what I'm doing and see how do I get to that next level. So
0: that's very admirable. So you are still learning. That's what you're saying. Yes. Every
1: day, every day. <laughs> and it that's the stuff that feeds me. You know, when you're really passionate about something If you don't learn something every day or every month or whatever about what you're doing, I feel like it's easy to become complacent, you know, and just kind of lose appreciation for why you're doing what you do. And that is the biggest thing to me is the why. Mm -hmm. You have to know why you do something or it has no meaning. So, yeah, I definitely think learning is fundamental, kids.
0: (laughs) So as a hairstylist, it's obviously there's a lot of technique involved and Mm -hmm. there are certain parameters because you don't want someone to leave looking jagged. Yeah. How do you blend fundamentals with creativity?
1: When you're working behind the chair in Austin, Texas, you're not going to have someone walking in like, give me that long one piece in the front and then a shorter piece here and then all of that, you know. That sure, that's cool and fun, but there's ways to incorporate that by taking a silhouette instead of having like a solid afro, you can piece out some of the curls so it's not a super solid line. Um, And that's kind of how I like to blend that because you have to work with the person in your chair to make their vision come true. It's not all about you as a stylist, you are letting your creative style come through in that haircut or in that hair color. And that's how people can recognize that as being your own. But yeah, you definitely don't want someone leaving looking like a Vidal Sassoon (laughs) runway model if that's not what they came in looking for. Really?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's back up. Let's go to little baby April. And yeah, in I don't know a few paragraphs. (laughs) bring us to today. Why are you a hairstylist? Where have you been in your life? Where did you come from? Who are you? So I am the product of a
1: African-American woman and a Serbian and Greek father. So if you can visualize that, there's a lot of hair involved. Um, Literally, my hair is in between my mom and my dad. So my mom has really coily, curly hair, and my dad has thick like wavy hair and here i am little april with these crazy spirals putting vaseline in her hair um putting oh all goodness. kinds of things in her hair trying to figure out how to make it look nice and how to make it not look like a hot mess like in the 90s i was around looking wild like i was a tomboy i had dreadlocks underneath my hair because i would never brush my hair and there was just nothing For people of color really to embrace their natural hair in the 90s. It was all like sleek, straight, John Frieda, frizzies. That stuff does not work. I've used the whole bottle. Did nothing for my hair. But that was really what made me want to do hair. I wanted people like me or just anyone to go into a salon and feel comfortable getting their hair done by someone. Not being scared that they're not going to know how to cut their hair. Um, That was really my nightmare was having someone do something to my hair. And I hate it because curls shrink up there. It's very different to cut curly hair as opposed to straight hair. And so I just started cutting my own hair when I was 10. I cut my hair from the waist length to my chin Mm. and being book smart and not street smart at the time. I hid the hair in a drawer thinking my mom wouldn't notice. (laughs) (laughs) So when she came home, I was like, why is she so mad? She doesn't see the hair. Like what's going on? Um, not my brightest moment, but yeah, ever since then I ended up doing like my friend's hair and then other cousins of mine that were mixed too. So I officially became a hair or unofficially became a hairstylist when I was 10 years old, (laughs) but I officially got my license when I was about 28. So it was a long time coming, but I always knew that's what I wanted to do. So in between, there were some really rough hair days where I was not looking my best. And now I can feel a little more confident that I know how to take care of my hair as well as many other people who went through the same struggle.
0: How we've talked about um, the fact that you put yourself through school um, and the fact that not everyone was always on board about your passion and your vision for yourself. Oh, yeah. How did you navigate that? (laughs) Um, you know, I've always been a pretty
1: rebellious spirit. You can definitely get that confirmation from my parents. But what I did is, you know, I was thinking about going to hair school while I was in high school because that program was offered. And my dad, yes, he was not for it. Um, He said hairdressers were stupid, that they didn't make money, that I was too smart for that. And so he said, I need to focus on my art. Well, he said because he was paying for school that I had to do graphic design because that would be a future. So I did it for two years until I dropped out and was unhappy. And what I did, I left California because that's where I went to college. I went back to Michigan where I'm from, and I just started working in service industry because people always need to eat. So I figured what I would do is save up money, and then I would put myself through school eventually. Now, the road from dropping out of college, I was about 19 when I went back to Michigan. And so it took me almost 10 years to get to hair school, but I knew that I would do it. I just wanted to save up money. And then along the way, there's relationships and things that set you back. And, you know, I had some health issues. So I just kept pushing and I finally made it. (laughs) And so, you know, there were people in the beginning that were naysayers and just... We're just like, how, what do you think is going to make you different? Like, how are you going to be successful over another hairstylist who has been working for 20 years and still doesn't have a clientele? Or why would you put your body through that? You know, you're on your feet all day. You're going to wreck your body. Well, my body has already been through a lot. And all I could think about is how do I make it stronger so I could stand on my feet
0: all day? So what did you say? How did you respond? How I mean, I imagine you some people are bitter when they mm -hmm. respond or they take it personally or it turns into an argument. So what would you say? I just was like, hey, it's what I want to do. I
1: love it. I'm going to do it. And I never was combative or, you know, I didn't see it as someone attacking me. I just saw it as someone that was probably unhappy with what they were doing. And I actually felt bad for them because I'm not going to let somebody else taught me is because I feel like that's probably what happened to them. You know, they had a dream and somebody told them that that wasn't feasible and they believed it. And I'm not one of those people. I'm going to try it and at least see what happens. (laughs) So I'm pretty proud of myself. It was not an
0: easy road, but I did it. You should be.
1: Thanks, Riley. We love you. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, Okay, let's briefly talk about Instagram. Oh boy. No, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Love it, guys. Love it. Okay, confession. I mean, maybe I already told you this, I think I did. But I we basically met through Instagram. Yeah. Because I when I first moved to Austin, I was like, damn, how do I find people here? Yeah. Like I don't I didn't have a conventional job, you know, and if I did it was more of a gig. Mm-hmm. And so Instagram became a huge tool for me because you can though you can't learn everything and though a lot of it is filtered, literally. Yes. You can kind of see what people are into via Instagram, at least what they're, what they want to post is likely what they like and what they're passionate about, you know? And so, um, yeah, I just remember being super impressed by, by your content, like what you shared, you know, Mm -hmm. literally not just like, Oh wow, it's pretty from afar, but like really reading into it and seeing how you connected with people and then seeing just the friends we had in common and mm-hmm. yada, yada, yeah. But I don't know. I think it's impressive that your talent lies in styling hair, but you're able to convey that talent through another talent, which is creating content, sharing it in a way that's amazing, but also humble. Mm-hmm. You know, there are kind of all of these like balancing factors going mm-hmm. on. So how do you do that? What do you, What do do What's the magic potion, April? <laughs> Man, you know, it's so funny. I wish
1: I was really cool and I could be like, yeah, this equation I have is so badass. But honestly, I just think about if I were the person looking at my page, what would I want to see? I remember before there was social media, it was hard to figure out, is this person a good fit for me? Like if I'm going to a salon and having someone do my hair. So the thing I always think about is, Am I putting who I am out there as well as what I really love to do? Is this something that someone's going to see and they're going to want to sit in my chair and spend a couple hours with me and feel comfortable and feel good about themselves? Um, so I just think about what I would want to see on someone's page if I were looking for a hairstylist. And also, you know, if you are hanging out with someone for a couple hours, it's like I you got to be cool like i gotta like you and I, I think I'm okay like I'm I think I'm decent to talk to you for a little bit but what's fun about it is every time i do have a new person sit in my chair the most common thing i hear and it makes me smile every time is the fact that they really they notice they're like man every time one of your clients leaves they are so happy and that is really important like i don't want to take a picture of someone and they look like They're about to run out the door. (laughs) Like, what did this woman do to me? Um, But, yeah, I I definitely think that showing the emotion of these people. I I don't tell them what to do. I don't tell them to smile or anything. This is all their emotion. So I'm just trying to be as authentic, I guess, as possible. And I think that kind of speaks for itself when you're looking on the Internet, since everything is real on the Internet and true.
0: (laughs) (laughs) L O L. Okay, so you're like an Austinite. You've been here for a long time, relatively yeah, speaking, a decade, a 11 decade, eleven years in February. Yeah, I think that qualifies. So
1: weird. Yeah, I I knew, I knew Leslie. R I P. That counts. I I was told when you when you meet Leslie, that's when you're an Austinite.
0: Okay, so. you gotta you gotta let him know who Leslie is. Oh man,
1: so Leslie was this dude that would like walk around in thongs and fur coats. And he was basically like the mayor here. I think he actually did run for mayor at one point. But like, if you went to Bolden Creek back in the day, they had a paper doll set of him hanging up for sale. Like he was just a guy that would just show up out of nowhere. And everybody just knew who he was, even if they had never seen him. They're like, Oh, that's Leslie because everybody talked about him, but he was a legend. Um, Unfortunately he passed away. Um, he had had an incident a couple, I think a couple of months before he died or a year before he died where some guys had jumped him or he fell and hit his head and just no one really knows. He, It's really sad. But um, yeah, I, I felt very lucky and honored to have met him. And actually we gave him a ride a couple times
0: Aww. in the back of the truck when I first moved here. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, all right. So yeah, you're in Oz tonight. Where was I going with that? I think I just wanted to hear your thoughts on Austin. I feel like a lot of people love Austin mm-hmm. because it's awesome, but um, at the same time, minorities and people of color yeah. specifically can struggle because we're not represented here. We're even not. to, I mean, it's a, we're a small portion of the country, mm-hmm. but I think cut that in half, and that's what we are in Austin. Yeah, maybe even cut it. Put a quarter. Yeah, it's, it's pretty low. I think we have black flight now. Yeah, it's like a thing now. Yeah. So, um, so how do you navigate that, and how does that make you feel? If this is like a ten part question, but it's all it's all relative, yeah. right? Um, and when you when you walk down the street abstractly, mm-hmm. um, how do you handle the way people react to you? Oh. And I know you know what that means. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, man. So, yeah, Austin, you're beautiful. There's a lot of things about you I would love to change. Um, granted, I'm one of those people that moved here, so I, I, I'm definitely not one of the people that's like, don't move here because that's going to happen. It's a cool city. I will say this. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I, when I first moved here, I was like, where are all the black people? Or where are, like where is the diversity? I, w- I was very shocked um, not seeing – Faces that looked like mine or, you know, or the people I ended up becoming friends with. It was really hard to even know where you found the black people if you
0: were looking where, for. Sorry to cut you off. I don't yeah. want to ruin your no, okay. stream of thought.
1: Where did you move here from? So I moved here from Detroit, Michigan.
0: Okay. ta uh, Yeah. Very so, different yeah. situation. <laughs> yeah.
1: And especially there, too, like one of my favorite foods to eat is like Mediterranean cuisine. So Even coming here and not even seeing, like, a difference in the food, I thought that was really interesting. Um, And you just get, like, Tex-Mex and (laughs) Tex-Mex. There's nothing wrong with any of that, but I was just definitely surprised. But the thing that was really hard getting used to was, yeah, walking down the street and having people stare at you or, like, talk about your hair like you weren't there. Like, referencing you in in a pronoun where it's like, hey, I'm right here, like you don't have to talk about me. You can say something to me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or even
1: like people that would touch my hair when my back was turned to them and then like run away or ask me if my hair was real or how do I get it like that? Or, well, how long have you been growing your hair out? And I'm just like, I'm not growing it out. It's been long and I cut it short. So, <laughs> but just the, the stereotypes and Unfortunately, I think that does happen in areas that don't have a lot of diversity. You have these people that didn't necessarily grow up with other cultures or other ethnicities, and they don't understand that not every black woman has to have weave. Not every black woman wears a wig, you know, or has done a big chop and is growing their hair out. So a lot of that um, attention, I should say, and I say it like kind of questionably because it was not even like attention. It was more like you were on a display that you didn't choose to be on. And it's like, you're in this little tiny like cage and people are like, these big hands are reaching out towards you and trying to figure out what you are and like touch you and touch your hair. And it just was really crazy. I've I've never really felt like an animal and that made me feel like one. Mm-hmm. And I always tried to take the whole like, Oh, it's just naivety. Like, or naivete um and that only goes to a certain point you know there's there's a line that gets crossed and that definitely happened um people white drunk men calling me macy gray because i have big blonde hair that's curly or you know changing their vernacular to be like hey sister what's up? And I'm just like, do you talk to everybody like that? And cause I'm, I don't. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure we're not related, <laughs> but just cause you changed it to an A and not an ER, <laughs> like I'm not gonna be all excited to hear from you. Um, but, and I, and I hate to like call out white men on the spot, but that was typically who was making these assumptions. And a lot of times it was inappropriate. A lot of times it was very uncomfortable and awkward, but I always made sure to, not necessarily teach the person, but kind of make them understand how wrong they were by slowly repeating what they would say to me or even just like, like straight up being like, that is inappropriate and not every black person looks alike. Just FYI. (laughs) Yeah, true. So, I mean, there are a lot of things I do love about the city because you can be outdoors all year round basically and it promotes a healthy lifestyle. But I definitely think that The growth that Austin has been seeing is definitely not super 100% positive, especially for people of color, and I just hope that something changes. You know, I think this city could be so great, but there's, I don't know, I feel like right now it's becoming kind of the word I'm looking for, I think, homogenous.
0: Okay, let's get meaty. I think
1: it's time to get meaty.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I think it's it's afternoon. It's definitely (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um something came up that you said whoops Um that like triggered a a good kind of trigger Mm -hmm. um a thought for a question. You mentioned money Mm -hmm. and I have observed that it seems that you're really good with money. I I mean, obviously (laughs) you're doing you're doing well, but I think no matter what you had you manage it well so can you give us some advice on how to manage money
1: yes oh my gosh yeah because I definitely I think you have to screw up before you can become really good at it so I mean when I was in college my first year I maxed out a credit card my bank account was constantly overdrawn like oh my god Bank of America got all of my paychecks from Urban Outfitters when I was in college it was ridiculous but because of all that happening um And when I started to get serious about giving myself a career and not just having a job anymore, I was like, okay, what do I need to do to make sure that I can save money? Because when you aren't making a lot of money, it's definitely rough to even put away like $10, but you have to, you just have to put something away. So what I decided to do once I was in a position to save a little bit more, um, well, let me rewind because I jumped the gun. So, when I was poorer, <laughs> when I first was living here and working two jobs and in, in hair school, I would always save all of my cash. I made an envelope system and I always made sure to put cash in an envelope that was just savings and then I would put it in my bank account at the end of the month. And then there was cash that went towards traveling because I felt like it's really important to reward yourself as well for what you're doing. And so you don't get burnout. Um, So envelope systems with cash are amazing. Also, loose change, yes. Do not get rid of it or like give it to other people. Well, you can give it to homeless people because they need love too. But I used to save all of my coins and I would go to HEB and cash that stuff in. And every month it was like at least 50 bucks. So I would always empty my pockets and I had a little jar that I put stuff in. But that was like the beginning the beginner saver of april now when april saver i hate talking about myself in the third person i'm sorry guys keep Um, (laughs) doing it when i started making more money when i went out on my own from being at a commission salon first which a commission salon pays you a percentage of what you make and usually i would say most salons are 50 50 but the place i was at was 40 60 so imagine like only getting 40 percent of what you make it's pretty rough but Once I left that business and I was my own boss, I got an accountant to help me with my tax returns because I was doing my taxes by hand, but I did realize that there were some things that I could have saved money on. And when I brought in an accountant, it saved me a couple grand at my tax return. So you can get accountants that you don't pay monthly or daily or whatever. I only pay my accountant when I'm filing my taxes You can also go to someone to get advice and sometimes that is free or they'll like charge you a certain amount, but they'll tell you the tools you need to get your money in the right place. So getting an accountant was amazing. After having the accountant, what I would do is I set up a savings account through, it's now Capital One, but it used to be ING Direct. So I searched for what is the best savings account that gets the most interest, and it was the Capital One, I believe it's just a saving, the 360 savings. It gets 1.86% APR, or not APR, interest rate, excuse me. So that is now the second highest interest rate because American Express has one, but I automatically had money come out every single week, and that is just my emergency savings and my savings for, like, buying a house later on in life. And then you just have to make sure that you put yourself on a budget. Just because you want something doesn't necessarily mean you need it. Anytime you get bills, pay them off, pay them off right away. I never used to do that, but the faster you pay them off, the better your credit looks. So just automatically save some money, put it away. You won't notice it's gone. You'll be super happy when you look at your savings account and just pay your bills on time.
0: <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> That was uh. It's just nice to hear it in layman's terms, yeah. I think, for everyone, and um, it's also nice to hear it from you and not an old man, right? <laughs> no offense, I love you, old men, right. some of you, but, um, but yeah, I think <laughs> I think we all need more of that kind of advice. Money is not easy in so many aspects, yes, so.
1: And I, like I said, it's okay to treat yourself occasionally, so don't feel bad. Yeah, because
0: like, you just went to Copenhagen. Yes, girl. and that
1: was so worth it, and I was so happy just to be there. And everyone, we need vacations. That's how we work better. So once a year, take yourself somewhere, whether it's to Atlantic City or Vegas or whatever. Just go somewhere and have time.
0: What does going somewhere mean to you? Oh, my gosh. Even if
1: I just went to the park, like, 30 minutes down the street and stayed there all day and ate snacks, that's going somewhere for me. But I definitely try to make my going somewhere air quotes a little bit bigger than that (laughs) because I'm trying to see as much as I can while I can, because, you know, like we said earlier, I got engaged. I imagine in a year or two or three years, who knows, I'll probably pop out one of those things you call a kid. And so I want to do this while I don't have limited funds or time. (laughs) <laughs> how was Copenhagen? Oh man, I fell in love with that city. I would, I would totally move there. There was just like this energy and like the vibes around and nobody's short. Not that there's anything wrong with short people. I was just like stunned, like how beautiful everyone was. They're like tall bone structure, all perfect duster jackets, like perfectly tailored jeans. I'm like, what is in the water? <laughs> I'm like, I want to be here. I want to be super fashionable like these people. They were, it was just incredible and just so environmentally friendly. That city's efficient, wind power everywhere. They burn their trash, you guys, and convert it into energy. Why can't we do that? We can, but I won't say why. We all know why.
0: (laughs) (laughs) True. (laughs) So much truth. (laughs) Okay. um, I'm going to take a a left turn. Oh, I'm a lefty. (laughs) that's right you are (laughs) yeah we're gonna swerve um into your back oh let's talk about your back yeah that's gonna
1: left and right
0: yeah (laughs) so I'm gonna let you you, I'm gonna just tell you the topic in this Mm -hmm. case and I'm gonna let you explain what's going on with your back Mm -hmm. and um how you cope with your back and what you're doing to heal your back. back back
1: back 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 it up Back that ass up? No. Yeah. Both. So I got diagnosed with rotating scoliosis when I was 19. I got checked as a kid, like all of you guys did, where you had to like bend over, they touch your spine real quick, and they're like, oh, you're fine, you're you're good, your spine is great. So I found that out, um, and it was leading up to finding out I was having moments where I couldn't stand up, or I would be standing up, and I would collapse, or sometimes having days where I couldn't walk, and I didn't know what was going on. It was really scary i wasn't I didn't have any family around me because I was in California for school, and I went to some emergency room, and they did some m r i s and the bedside manner of the doctor was pretty terrible. He was like you have rotating scoliosis and you're too old to get surgery and it's going to interfere with your breathing and your lungs might collapse and blah, blah, blah. And you're going to need to take all this medicine. And I was just like, wait, what? Like (laughs) what's going on? Like, I know what scoliosis is, but what's rotating. And so it just means that besides the curvature in your spine, your actual spine is rotating in a direction. So it was creating like a twist too. Um, so at the time like I was I was super active um I used to skate like fruit booting you guys might know it as or rollerblading uh <laughs> but not just like rollerblading down Venice Boulevard or something like I would jump on rails or ledges or do tricks so um I did that I would play basketball recreationally um <clears throat> I would go for runs I would work out and so a lot of that I had to stop doing for a little bit and then after the first couple of years of finding it out, I wasn't having any back pain at all. It was almost like it disappeared. So from the time that I was maybe like in my early 20s until I was about 30, I didn't really have too many problems. Like every now and then it would bother me, but it wasn't as bad as it got later in life. And so when I was 29, 30-ish, I was starting to get some discomfort when I would try to sleep. And then some days it would just, I would get stiff or like my hip would feel like it came out of place. And I was kind of wondering like, oh, it's probably just my scoliosis. It's fine. Like whatever. Um, Cause that doctor told me I can't have surgery because I'm too old. So I just kind of kept living my life. So I started doing CrossFit and, you know, I was vegan for a really long time. So I, I try to eat healthy. Um, I was trying to stay as lean as possible just think maybe that was something that would help out. Well, two years into CrossFit, I started getting these like electric shock sensations that would wake me up around the same time, probably about 3 a.m. Um, I can handle a lot of pain, but it was probably the worst pain I've ever had. I mean, I would scream and I would cry, and so I didn't know what was going on, and I didn't really tell anyone for a little while until it got pretty unbearable, and so went to my chiropractor because, yes, I was doing chiropractic care. I was doing acupuncture. I was doing yoga, just all these things to try to help with stabilizing my spine by strengthening my muscles. So I went to my chiropractor. She can actually write MRI orders, and I had some MRIs done, and my scoliosis had advanced a lot, and it had actually gotten really bad. And then they found out that I had a like a sack inside of my spinal cord that was filled with cerebral spinal fluid. It's called a syrinx. And so they diagnosed me with a disease called syringohydromyelia. And basically what that is, is um, it's usually caused from Chiari malformation. And you guys can look that up because I could explain that too, but I don't want to bore you even more than I probably already have. But um, usually it's caused by birth defect, which is Chiari, but mine was idiopathic. And, Usually, it's from or it's a result of an injury of your spinal cord. So, what it can do is it can destroy your spinal cord from the inside out. And so, it causes like neuropathy, like you get those electric shock feelings. Um, you can lose like feeling in your hands, your feet, or just any kind of your body. You can have paralysis, and basically, anything that is caused by it is irreversible. So, if I were for some reason to get this thing removed it's not going to change any of the damage that has already been done and it can come back too so we're focusing on me having a scoliosis correction eventually um a couple neurosurgeons later i found out that i would probably need to have surgery within five years so i'm 33 now so sometime before i'm 40 um but what i do is i try to stay positive um I don't look at myself as a victim. Sometimes I have really bad days and it hurts really bad, but I still don't even let that get to me. Um, I take CBD oil as a tincture and that really helps to kind of like calm me down and it helps with your inflammation. I have a really great support system. Um I have great friends, you know. You get to hear Riley flattering me constantly right now and then my fiance and just my family, they're super supportive. Like my mom even moved to Austin and she's still married to my dad, so they're living apart just so she could be here to help me for when I do have those really bad days where I can't really move and stuff like that, but I definitely think it's a mindset and if you're negative that manifests a lot of things like he, it gives you more stress. Stress is going to cause more inflammation. So I definitely just try to eat healthy, um remember what I'm grateful for and think that, you know, I'm still walking, I still get to do what I love and there's so many people that love me and care for me, so I can't really even imagine being sad about it anymore. <laughs> um it's just you know everyone has good days and bad days, and I just try to focus on all the good
0: you're amazing <laughs> oh, I'm trying i'm trying <laughs> i i mean i I know you think you were boring us hey guys, but uh, I think it's really cool that you have studied what you deal with a lot of people yeah. don't go there they just focus on what they're dealing with, but to have awareness of what it means scientifically, mm-hmm. yeah. I think is extremely beneficial. And uh, going back to the beginning of our chat when you mm-hmm. were talking about continuing to learn in your field, it sounds like you continue to learn all kinds of stuff about yourself. Yeah. You know. So I think anyone can take something from that no matter what they struggle with.
1: Yeah, I highly recommend if there's something that is hurting you or ailing you, you're dealing with, Learn everything you can about it because you never know. You might be able to find something that helps, or you might even be able to make a suggestion to your doctor. Who knows? You might find a natural remedy, which that's my preferred way of healing things that will help you get better, just even just deal with what's happening. Just always try to understand it so you have that awareness. And I feel like it gives you a little bit more sense of calm. I mean, nobody likes the unknown, right? It's kind of like, If you like someone and you're trying to date them, but you're like, oh my God, do they like me? Do they not? I don't know what's going on. I'm freaking out. Like (laughs) no one likes the unknown. So definitely try to figure out what
0: you can. So you have a lot going on. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you're you're super busy. I mean, some people are are busy kind of, or they just say they are. Yeah. You are legitimately busy, (laughs) right? And And so... My question is How do you balance your career, your health, your family, your friends, and your fiance? Man,
1: um, I will definitely be the first to admit I have failed at balancing many times,
0: but I'm definitely. I just heard your accent. Yeah. Yo, wow. wow. Did you hear it? I know it's new. Yeah.
1: <laughs> if I say Apple, I think it does it too. Oh, my goodness. But it's, yeah, the the Michigan will come out for sure. Um balancing it is is tricky um sometimes I have to make lists for myself I I, as nerdy as that sounds and well you are a nerd I am super nerdy or like arbitrary is that the right like I, I feel like I have to I have to do it sometimes and you have to think about what's important to you so all of the things you said those are very important to me so sometimes I'll make a little note my phone like I need to call Riley or I need to, Zach and I should go on a date tomorrow or I need to check on my mom. I have, you know, I I got something for her. Like I always try to make lists and that kind of helps me stay on track. But you know, I make my own schedule. So that's really tricky because just because you make your own schedule doesn't mean you need to work every day, but it happens. And I definitely try to keep my days off reserved for, like, my family that's in town and my friends. And then with my fiancé, it's when I get home, like, we spend time together. Like, we either watch a show together or we have an art night where we, like, we put on music and we just, like color we have adult coloring books it's, it's i am a nerd you're learning more and more um, we'll do stuff like that or i'll just like draw and paint or whatever or we make a moment to like go to the movies because that's what we love to do together it was our first date and so we go to the movies a lot when we can so i definitely think it's you know keeping your time organized like time is precious you can't get it back and so if you designate certain thing like certain hours of the day to certain people then i feel like you can balance it this new phone update is really making me feel like a piece of crap though because it's like hey you were on your phone 6 hours a day last week and you say you have no time what's going on there? I'm like, Oh
0: God. (laughs) Well, a lot of your business does come from very true. Luckily it
1: breaks it down, but I was still like, Oh my God. (laughs) I was like, okay, now I need to get that down. But just keeping yourself organized. That's the best way to balance things in my opinion. Yeah.
0: You are good at organization. Virgo.
1: Yes. (laughs) Such a Virgo.
0: Um, Okay. We're, we're going to wrap up here with, um, some, Some of of it you might have already touched on, Mm -hmm. um, but I guess this is kind of the advice and uh, resource part Mm -hmm. of our conversation. Mm -hmm. I don't want to call it an interview because you're my friend, (laughs) but I guess it is an interview. How cool, I'm interviewing my friend. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay, so first question. uh, You did mention some stuff like... uh, I wish people could see how many times April's i hit wearing my hat a hat yeah. on the microphone. I'm like, oh, I'm startled every time. <laughs> um, okay, so you talked about CrossFit. You talked about a chiropractor. I heard you mentioned CBD oil. Mm-hmm. Are there any other things that you use to take care of yourself?
1: Acupuncture, reading, and oh my God, oh my God. I had it right on the tip of my tongue. Fascia work. My fascia worker is amazing. Her name's
0: Beth. She's at O'Kaven. She's Okay, wait. People might not know what fascia work is. Okay, so
1: I'm going to try to explain fascia, how she explained it to me. So fascia is the thin covering on your muscles, and it's almost like if you look at a chicken breast, like the skin on it, right? So it can get dehydrated. It can tighten. It can do all kinds of things based on what's happening in your body. And so a fascia worker knows how to manipulate your muscles to kind of like help loosen it up where you need it. And it's like a really painful massage when you're probably thinking, why would I want a painful massage? It makes you feel better. Trust me. Um, so if you have any kind of like tightness anywhere or, or you're very active, like you do HIIT workouts or just any kind of working out, I highly recommend it. Um, because the fascia will control your life. Trust me, especially when you get old like me. I mean, I'm not that old, but I'm kind of old.
0: <laughs> it's interesting that when it comes to therapy via massage, we'll call it mm-hmm. there. There's fascia work, which yep. I've found super beneficial as well, especially as an athlete. Yes, and then there's also like craniosacral therapy yes. and like Reiki and stuff that almost barely involves touch. That's I've had super healing too.
1: It's creepy, but yeah. it, I think it works.
0: It's weird. You just leave feeling like kind of elevated. Someone just
1: cradled my head for like 10 minutes and tapped on the back of my neck and I was almost like, is this real? Like I thought it was a practical joke, but I mean, it works for people. Yeah. I didn't go enough to figure it out. I was too freaked out, but
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. There's a lady here in Austin who kind of blends different things together. Like she does Reiki. She does, um, she calls it uh, like healing massage, she does sacral stuff, mm-hmm. but so you don't. It's not as weird because it's not just like yeah. one isolated. Oh, I think form you gave of me massage. Her info before. I might have. Yeah. I haven't gone. I to her photographed ever. her. It was like a. It was a very mutual relationship. What? Yeah, she's amazing. Anyway, but um, yeah, I just think it's really neat how there are different forms of. Reaching whatever yeah. it is you need to reach yeah through touch, you know.
1: Yeah, well, it all boils down to stress in your body. Stress mm-hmm. causes inflammation. Like, how can you decrease that? And someone cradling your head—that <laughs> definitely can help.
0: It's like that. I, I think I saw it on YouTube. There's like a guy in New York who like cuddles for a living. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. Kind of, yeah. you like maybe a little extra, right? <laughs> I'm gonna pay for a ten minute cuddle. Gosh. I feel I mean it's kind of a bit sad that someone I would know. have to. Yeah. Let's we're throwing empathy out to you if you don't have <laughs> someone to cuddle. <laughs> yes.
1: Oh my god. Um
0: okay, here we go with my last my very last question unless you spark something else which you probably will and then I'll have to hold back. <laughs> um can you please provide us with your favorite books and or podcasts Ooh. or since you do love to read and i don't think that question is best for people who love to read hold mm. on i have a great okay here's my quote i've already said it in another interview but <laughs> i'm going to say it again asking a bookworm to name their favorite book is like asking a mother to pick a favorite child
1: that's okay i can give you so
0: <laughs> you can tell me your most recent uh uh-huh. most relevant or most referred, like you you give it or you tell people to get it. Uh Or you can just list a bunch of books that come to mind. (laughs) Up to you.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay, so I just finished reading this book called Freshwater. And for the life of me, I don't know why I can never remember this author's name. She is a young Nigerian woman who is probably one of the most talented writers that I have read in a long time. The, The book is really interesting as far as... It's a metaphor. The whole thing is a metaphor. And if you or someone you know suffers from some kind of mental illness, this is definitely a great book to read. Even if you don't suffer from that, I think it helps to give people those people awareness. But it's a really great story, and it's about a girl who, when she was born, her parents automatically knew that there was something different about her, and they mean not necessarily in a good way way that something was different. Yes. I, Akwaki Emezi?
0: I think so. Probably
1: butchering that. I'm really sorry if you hear this ever one day, but <laughs> this, this book is incredible, so I highly recommend it. Fresh water. Go get it. Um And then I would say one of my favorite books of all time is actually, it's called Women by Charles Bukowski. And I really like him as a writer because... His character, he has, like, characters that are reoccurring in his novels. And the it's basically him. He's writing about himself. Like, Bukowski was a postman. He was a drunk. He was a misogynist. Like, his main character, Henry Chanoski, is, like, all of those things. So he's basically kind of autobiographical, but he'll never say that. But it's a really great, really, really great book. Um, highly recommend that, too. And then... I like to throw in the what I'm currently reading and that is Zadie Smith on Beauty. And it is a pretty incredible story and it's told from many different points of view. And so that's why I like it. Um But yeah, that's what I finished reading. One of my favorite books and what I'm reading right now. So
0: And so you're it sounds like non fiction and some fiction based on reality? Yeah. Like I um that's like what i love yeah i typically I don't know read why a lot i'm whispering fiction, so. but I, lo- I like your <laughs> whisper voice yeah. <laughs> sexy
1: yeah but um yeah i definitely can definitely get down with some nonfiction too Ooh, there was another one i read when i was in copenhagen that is nonfiction fiction it is called my cat yugoslavia
0: i'm writing all of these down by the way
1: yeah and the the author is albanian don't remember his name again because i'm i suck at life right now. But um, it's really great because like I said earlier, my dad is Serbian. And so it talks about Kosovo. And it talks about it from a point of view of someone that is a different ethnic group than me, but we came from the same region. So it's really, really, really interesting to read, especially if you don't have any insight to what happened with, with Kosovo or why it happened. And that book was definitely a game changer this year okay i looked up the name
0: why are you picking these books with these impossible yeah i know right i'm like here this guy posh team statofji maybe future riley or future future april will come back and pronounce it correctly i know you guys can like send an email with an audio clip (laughs) how it's let us know i know i guess cause, doesn't like, google sometimes tell you yes thank you that's like a feature and since my
1: last name's like kind of weird looking too like i i guess i'm you empathize yeah i'm attracted to that stuff apparently no um oh my god hiccup i would definitely <laughs> check out all of those books and don't try to pronounce the name like i did <laughs>
0: Thank you, thank you. Okay, well, this has been an absolute joy. No. Um, of course, as it always is to be in your presence. <laughs> April Kaganish, otherwise known as the Curl Whisperer, uh, one of my greatest friends, and the Hafrican on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for joining us. You can connect with us on Instagram at Woke Beauty or me at Riley Blanks and learn more at wokebeauty.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps a lot. Until next time, have a beautiful day, even if it's not that beautiful.